How's it going, everybody? Uh, this is good. Shay. Oh, it's good? Good. <laughs> You're everybody. <laughs> That's Haley. <laughs> um, hey, if this is your first time checking out Spiritual Side Notes, uh, thanks for being here. Yep. Appreciate you listening. Uh, we're just a married couple. Been married 10 years with two kids. Mm-hmm. We're both pastors uh, in Michigan, West Michigan, and uh, we just talk about life and how to live more like Jesus. And we hope that you listening into our conversation about these topics um, sparks your own conversation or thoughts or whatnot. So, that's us. Mm-hmm. Happy 2022. Yes. Yes. January of. January of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this week, we are going to have a conversation around kind of like subconscious behaviors in different relationships. And this actually was sparked by a question from a friend um, who was asking, like, uh, specifically in the area of parenting, like, how mm-hmm. do we not just subconsciously try to fill all the voids that we felt um, as kids from our parents um, and trying to do all the little things that we think we need to do um, mm-hmm in order to not be the negative aspects of our parents, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, But just having a broader conversation around any relationships, whether that's friendships or with your spouse or roommates or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to open up to kind of a broad conversation. And I do want to say neither of us are psychologists. So this whole subconscious interactions is a little deep for us. Um, But I feel like... based on personal experience. Yes, based on personal experience. But also a lot of conversations with people mm-hmm. through difficult things and understanding some of the human experience while not truly not fully understanding at all um, the mental experience and the um, the psychology of things. But we're going to give it a shot. Let's mm-hmm. kick us off. Any good Athelia Hagen quotes or actions? Yes. Since Hagen barely talks. So Hagen is our almost one and a half year old and Athelia is our almost three and a half year old. Oh my word. She's almost three and a half. That's bizarre. Um, Athelia talks like she's 20, though. <laughs> Hagen has few words and screams all the time. Um, but he, his laugh is so contagious. Mm. I think we somehow need to record that for everyone to hear sometime. Um, he laughs at every burp and every fart lately, <laughs> which cracks me up. He just thinks it's so funny. He also thinks his sister is hilarious. Yeah. So like, he's the funniest person in the world. Yeah. yeah. He just, and he loves doing whatever she does, which is super fun to watch. Um, but also, anyways, <laughs> also, I feel like it can be like a little daredevil. So she, oh, I shouldn't say that. I don't like saying the word devil about her. Um, she loves to <laughs> take risks. Yes. Yeah. She kind of, but the things she gets nervous about are like dogs, even yeah. dogs that are like little, but she will like, like Shay built this massive sledding horse like down our neighbor's hill like it it's a steep hill um that goes down what one two three hills by the end yeah athelia takes that on like head first like it's no problem yeah um hagen wants to do whatever she does so it's also kind of trying to watch out for the like i want to <laughs> crawl up this thing and jump off this thing but it's really cool to watch him mirror which is actually kind of important considering the conversation we're going to have today, the mirroring aspect mm. of things. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite Athelia quotes from this week oh. was, um, Athelia likes to do whatever I'm doing. So I was painting our kitchen and I gave her a paintbrush that she could pretend to paint another wall. And she's over in the living room pretending to paint a wall. 
I was like, Athelia, what's your favorite thing about daddy? What do you love about daddy? She goes, well, um, I just, I just love that he is my personal worker. (laughs) And I tried so hard to keep it together. And I was like, your personal worker? How is he your personal? (laughs) see your personal worker and then she proceeded to say something i did not understand at all and then something about how you do hilarious dance moves oh yeah she thinks your dance moves are funny um but just the he is my personal book yeah daddy the personal worker (laughs) yep that's me anyway super funny um we do random podcasts with athalia so i'm sure you'll hear her at some point if you stay tuned um, in fact, she wanted to be on it today, and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> and I said no. And I said no. She's great, though. Yeah. They both are. But she, her personality is just fiery. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, that's that. So onto the topic. Onto the topic. At hand. At hand. Subconscious, Subconscious. interactions. <laughs> okay, there's an echo in this place. All right. Okay, for real. <laughs> no, go for it. Um, so um, the... <laughs> The first thing I was thinking about, actually, when you were giving the intro was control. Mm. I feel like, specifically if I think in parenting, when I think about other relationships, I think control can still be a part of that, like wanting to control the outcome or Mm. to control myself, Mm -hmm. but coupled with expectation, whether that's you expect something out of the relationship or you expect yourself to give a certain something so that the relationship is a certain way. Um, where you expect yourself to be different um, from either your past or the way other people have treated you or dot, dot, dot. So I think control and expectation are both really important in this conversation. Um, And was it, I don't remember which week, but recently we've talked about not having expectations, Mm. um, like just loving and giving without expecting things in return. I think we were specifically talking about in marriage. Probably. But I think it's important to restate that in the area of relationship yeah. in general, that when you go into any sort of relationship, you have to expect nothing in return. Um, and that doesn't mean you let people run over you. That doesn't mean this is a boundaryless relationship. Yeah. But it does mean that there's a freedom to, I'm going to give this my all, um, loving well, serving well. Thinking of others as better than myself without expecting it to fill a certain something in me, to make me feel a certain way, or that the relationship will become a certain thing. Um, Even in parent-to-child relationships, if I expect Athelia to act a certain way and she doesn't, that can make me really irritated. But even now at three and a half, she's her own person. Even Hagen at one and a half is his own person. And you can, like, tell that as soon as babies are born. Like, you can't stop them from crying just you know like stop crying and they stop oh that'd be nice (laughs) (laughs) they they have their own like mental capacity um our role in relationship is to surrender well for us because we believe that there is one god um to surrender to him and to love people out of that well believing that um we're all made in the image of god but that he alone fulfills us and we're made for community, 
he also is the one working in the other people around us and like surrendering what we want in our life and what we want those relationships to look like and or how we want our children to react or respond because they're connected to us and you are the result of how I'm parenting. So please do this well. Um, it's really not about us. All we can do is our best truly. And that doesn't mean we'll be perfect because we can't be, we're going to make mistakes. So even if I tried to write all of the wrongs that I thought my parents did, I'm still going to make mistakes. Like I'm still going to hurt my kids and then they might want to try to write those wrongs. So I think that's the wrong focus. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's bad to want to do things well, or let's say your parents were abusive. Please don't abuse your children. Like there is a huge positive movement forward to not do that, but that can't be the focus. Mm -hmm. Um, because just to change the behavior won't change the heart. Your heart has to inform your behavior. And then your behavior reinforms you. We've been talking about this um, over the last couple of days after listening to a podcast by Craig Groeschel on habits. But it's just been powerful to think about that. Like your thoughts inform um, your actions. Like your thoughts about what you believe to be true. So if we don't change where our belief system is rooted, then our actions aren't going to change. They could for a short period of time. So really, I think a lot of this just boils down to like, we're, what's the heart behind what we're doing and what do we believe about relationship, about me or the other person or the kid that I'm the parent of? Um, and how are, how am I dealing with control and expectation in that belief? Is it a surrender or is it something I'm trying to like hmm. grapple with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there is a part of this, too, because you just I want to make sure that I think we're on the same page as far as the not expecting anything return. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there are certain things because we're made for community. There are some things that we like need, right? Like accountability or emotional connection that if like you're pouring into a relationship and you're not receiving appropriate accountability or there is no emotional connection that that doesn't mean that you don't seek that in another relationship in a healthy way and you have boundaries right like yeah that's why i said this isn't a boundaryless yes relationship I'm, no i know but you were just talking about running being run over but i was just thinking like there are certain things that we do need in community and relationship and it's okay to find those right yeah. Okay. I was just clarifying. You look confused. I do feel a little confused. Okay. Mostly because I'm trying to figure out like another example of what I meant to differentiate from that. Like I was, I thought the, when you say boundaryless, I think somebody who's like emotionally manipulative and I just let them be emotionally manipulative to me. And I'm saying they don't have to be emotionally manipulative. Maybe they're just not reciprocating the relationship in a way that allows you to have a healthy connection or accountability. Maybe that you're supposed to be like accountability partners. And it's like, they actually never hold me accountable. Like I, I do it for them, but then they don't really reciprocate that or they don't seem to pursue that relationship or want to further that, like that it's okay to like press into that. And if they don't change, then to go find accountability in somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, Maybe the difference is like to be expectant, but not have this expectation this will happen there. Because like I think there are healthy expectations, Mm -hmm. right? Like 
if you're my accountability partner, I should healthily expect you to keep me accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe it's that like the expectation of accountability rather than I expect you yeah. to make me feel this way in accountability. Yeah. Um, I don't know if even the difference in my tonal inflection like helps differentiate that, but I think you're right. Like, hence why I said like we're made for community. So we are supposed to have those relationships but when we're expecting those relationships to fill us yeah. or to fulfill us in a yeah. certain way is the expectation I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, or when we're expecting our kids to act the way I told you to act, it can actually, I think, like produce a ton of irritation and resentment and bitterness if I'm expecting you to do the thing I told you to do yeah. instead of this love of like, okay, you didn't do it and I do expect you to obey because mm-hmm. I love you. But I'm not expecting you to obey because you have this bad, like, you're going to make me look bad. Yeah, I think there's or a it makes difference. it easier for me. Yeah, whatever. it makes it like, easier yeah. for my life. So there's this difference in, like, I love you and I do expect respect from you. Mm-hmm. And when you don't do that, there is going to be a discipline. So, yeah, that's a really good distinction. I'm glad you asked that because it made me put other words to it or at least a different tone. Yeah. That there is... There's a different kind of expectation I'm yeah. talking about when I say without expectation. Like, not me loving you so that I feel loved in return or yes. loving you. So I feel good about myself yeah. or parenting well so that I can fix the past or yeah. fix what my parents did wrong or being a really good friend. Cause I want a best friend, like not expecting those things from anybody because I could parent perfectly and my kids could still do the very things I don't want them to do. Mm-hmm. Or I could love you perfectly and I won't do either of these things and not f- receive love in return. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like giving freely with the healthy boundaries of mm-hmm. expectation in a way that's like, I do expect respect and yeah. honor, um, but not in a way that demands it with mm-hmm. a like, because that's my right. Yeah. An entitlement. Like that, yeah. yeah. Um, or okay. like this that's unhealthy, good. like drive to prove something yeah. to myself or other people. Okay. Good distinction. Okay. Yeah, just want to I almost feel that. like we should cut that part so, at the beginning before I confuse everybody. That's all right. We only wasted 12 minutes. So uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. It wasn't a waste. That's That was a good distinction. Um, so kind of back to what you were saying about the motive of the heart, one thing that um, came to my mind was this idea of when we see kind of negative interactions, whether that's from our parents that we don't want to do um, as parents ourselves or whether that's from other relationships like friendships that then we don't want to do in, in our friendships. We don't mm-hmm. want to be the um, be the one who does whatever that negative thing was. A lot of times it's focusing on the negative thing. Well, I sure. don't want to or I will never do these things, um, but you're focusing on the negative. And so to, I, th- I do think it we're called the, well, Maybe I should say called. That feels really like official. <laughs> um, but like one thing that's super helpful is learning from our mistakes, right? And frankly, learning from the mistakes of others. Like mm-hmm. that is, I think there's a wisdom in that to, to see um, interactions in the human experience and to learn what is wise in dealing with humans. And so taking those situations that were frankly negative for you or that you witnessed were negative in other people's lives and saying, okay, how can I learn from that and determine what is the positive? Not always the opposite, 
but what is the positive mm-hmm. way to handle that? Um, so, it, for instance, if you have a friend who um, just talks all the time and they never really give space for you to listen, the thing you don't want to tell yourself is, oh, I don't want to talk all the time. I don't want to be a friend that talks all the time. But you say, I want to be a good active listener, right? Like you you speak the, the, the positive thing. Um, rather than focusing on the negative thing and seeking to grow into that person because we don't our goal in life isn't to avoid things right like the even when it comes to sin this is something that um i i heard somebody say i can't remember but they're like as a christ follower the goal is not to not sin the goal is to become like jesus and in becoming more like jesus becoming holy you don't sin, but the goal is not just to avoid sin or the goal is not to just avoid hell. The goal is to grow closer in our relationship with God, become more like who Jesus called us to be. So in the same way, the goal is not to just not do the things that were hurtful to you. The goal is to become a healthy human being who is putting God first. So, um, taking those negative interactions, um, and, and just really in prayer being like, okay, God, what are the things that I can do so that I don't hurt somebody else? Again, friend, roommate, spouse, child, um, and, and begin to put the the positive on that those situations. Mm-hmm. And I know this is not like think positive, be positive. Life is great. Like it's not that type of thing. I'm just saying um, to look at the person you want to become, not just the thing you don't want to do, um, and to begin to try to live live that out. Almost like little mission statements, right? Like it's this idea of like. This is the parent. This is the friend. This is the spouse that I want to be, um, and and beginning to focus on that in your in your relationships. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I've said this before too, in multiple settings. So I'm sure I've said it on here that where you focus is where you're going to go. So if you're going to look at like I don't want to be like my mom or my dad or that friend or this person, like whatever it is, you're. If that's your focus, that's the direction you're going to head mm-hmm. because you're looking at it and staring yeah. at it and um, trying so hard to not be at end, then you're trying to protect yourself. And that's mm-hmm. actually something we can't do. Like only God can protect us. He's the only one that has that authority. Um, he can teach us how to healthily engage in things and to have healthy habits and healthy mindsets that keep us from going down those roads. But to like try to protect myself by like, promising myself I will never become like dot 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 or I will never do is actually something I cannot fulfill on my own Um, because I don't have the power to do that. God can give me the power from his spirit to do that. But even then, like my focus is then on me not doing it instead of on God and who Mm. he is and the power that he does fill me with and the person he wants me to become who's made in his image. Mm -hmm. Um, So, okay, so mirroring, right? Like how Hagen is already mirroring Mm -hmm. Athelia and Athelia wants to mimic everything that I do. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm not home, like everything you do, like she just wants to be doing whatever we're doing. We are just naturally made that way. Like I did not have to teach either of my children, either of our children to do that, right? In the same way, I think we just naturally mimic things. So whatever we're focusing on is probably what mm. we're going to mimic. Yeah. So if I'm watching all these terrible videos that are filling my mind with crap, I'm going to start mimicking that mm. because I'm filling my mind with it. And the transformation of our hearts happens by the renewal of our minds. So think about like, what do you want your heart to portray? Because out of the overflow of your mouth, your heart speaks. This is all 
from the Bible. So if what I'm saying or doing is the overflow of my heart, then if you look at my life, you can see what my I believe in my heart that comes from what I'm doing in my head. In the same way, if I remove all those terrible videos and replace it with truth, then I'm going to just, even, even if I don't understand it all, that is going to become what I start to mimic and mirror, um, which also happens with practice, right? It doesn't make it easy, but the more I'm around people doing a certain something, like I'll start sounding like them. Hmm. Or all of a sudden, like you and I started sounding more similar after we got married and spent more time together or certain things that like, <laughs> um, like the friends that we lived with when we moved back to Indiana, my mm-hmm. friend Sarah, she would go, okay. And I do that now because we lived with them for months. It's one of the only things I re- at least habitually remember picking up. I don't know if I do anything else. Or and now anytime Athelia you come from it. back to, from Texas, what do you do? I don't know. You have a Southern draw. I do. I know I say y'all, but I usually say y'all. But I'm saying anytime you spend time in the South, like you start to talk. Oh with yeah. A draw. So I like, I, no accents can be something that certain people pick up and not everybody does, but I'm definitely one of those people. I yeah. don't even like know I'm doing it. It just, it's powerful to be around things and people. Mm-hmm. Like we're drawn to be like someone mm-hmm. and that someone is God, but we look in other places often. So if we're wanting to like mimic something, we're going to have to intentionally put that thing in front of us. Mm-hmm. And we believe that's Jesus. Yeah. Um, but there's, This, like, the pressure part that our friend was asking. Like, what about all that pressure to do all of the little things? I would say that can be a control thing or a fear-based thing. Yeah. Like, if I don't do all those things, then I will ruin my kids. Mm -hmm. Well, we have to trust and believe, first of all, that God loves our kids more than we do. So, I mean, you can even look at kids who have had horrible, traumatic backgrounds and they go on to do incredible things and are the complete opposite of where they come from. And we're like, how did that happen? Well, by the grace of God. So when we're intentional parents and we're doing it well, and that just means giving it our all as we're surrendering and trying to posture our heart the best that we can towards God and loving our kids well, we're still going to make mistakes. And our kids still might choose the things we don't want them to choose but we have to believe that God loves them more than we do and that he's actively working in their lives. Um, and the same is true in the relationships around us, like the pressure to do all of the little things right so this doesn't go wrong, I think can actually produce the very thing we're hoping it won't produce yeah. because we start to try to control and freak out and we're fear-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might know people like that, like the people who are always like fearful or like talking too much or like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Can we talk about that? Like, I didn't, I didn't mean that. You're like, well, you just stop, like be free. Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're actually overwhelming to be around to the point. I can't be around you that often. So you become the very thing that they're hoping won't happen. One more friend that isn't around anymore because they're too much, Mm -hmm. quote too much. They're really not too much, but like, they're creating the very space that they're hoping won't happen because that's the thing they're focusing on as opposed to like, if I just have this all out surrender on like who Jesus is and I'm in the word reading about who he is and I'm in prayer, like listening to his voice and talking to him and being an intentional, accountable relationship with people who are helping me grow. Um, like it still takes time. It doesn't happen overnight that this transformation of our hearts happens, Mm -hmm. but we become, like more and more free. Like we always have the same amount of freedom, like accessible to us, 
but we have to learn how to live in that. And that Mm -hmm. can take a while sometimes, but the freer we become, the more we don't want to go back to where we're going. And I'm just realizing for me, that's just like this complete surrender of go back to where we came from. Did I say go back yeah, to where we're going? Sorry, I made a face <laughs> yeah, and I you threw did. you off. But we you said we don't want to go back to where we're going. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> we don't want to go back to where we came from, doing what we were doing. I think that's what I was trying to say is doing instead of going. Gotcha. Anyways, words are great. Um, we don't want to go back to what we were doing. So there's uh, there's that. <laughs> <I laughs> you totally, don't remember where you're going no. with that. <laughs> um, My fault. Sorry, I made a face. We don't want to go back to what we were doing. Oh, because we know what it feels like to be free. Yeah. Um, and that is actually a surrender of control mm-hmm. and recognizing we don't have any. Yeah. Like, we talk about self-control. Um, yeah, you can control the way you respond to things mm-hmm. and whatnot, but yeah, yeah. But even that, that power doesn't come from me because when I'm trying so hard on my own to, like, respond patiently, why am I not patient today? Often it's because I'm I'm just choosing to do things in, in my own power, out of my tiredness, Rather than like, okay, I recognize in a full surrender of control, like, I can't do this. I just have to admit, like, I cannot do it. And that's hard to admit. It's hard to admit we can't do things we feel like we should be able to do, like, be patient with our kids, the people, some of the people we love the most, or um, serve our spouse without complaining, or whatever it might be. Um, But I just have to recognize lately, like, how small my capacity is as a human to, like, do anything well. Um, and just to readily admit that, like, I need, I need his power to work in me and him to bring his good work, him, God, bring his good work to completion in me. Um, because the more I become like him, the more I focus on him and mimic him, the less I actually, I shouldn't say care, but it's the only word that's coming to mind, the less I care about all those other things because I'm becoming like him. So I'm naturally doing those things the best that I can. And that, I don't know, it just becomes an easier release, I guess. You're also, I feel like you're giving me another kind of face. Sorry, I was just, uh, something you said kind of triggered a random side thought. Which is what? No, I mean, like, not for this. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah, so, I'm, yep. (laughs) Okay. Anything else? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it feels like there's a lot here. The whole idea of acting in our subconscious is just really difficult, um, to wrap our heads around because it's our subconscious. And I think a lot of it comes from becoming more self-aware of who you are and like actually trying to do some of the hard work of digging into like why you are the way you are. Um, because we do so much subconsciously because that's how we were raised or um, that's just what we always did and so trying to actually take the time in the space which um, for some you just don't have it um, in the sense of like maybe you're a single parent or um, you just are working crazy hours and it's not by your own choice but it's just to make ends meet and it's really hard to like find time um but doing whatever you can do to find the space to really try to dig deep into who God has made you to be um, and whether you're at war within yourself um, uh, as far as like your human side versus or your your humanity, your selfishness or, or your pride or your insecurities versus um, your created side um, and trying to, and, and that's one person, right? But it's 
um, we are soul beings with bodies. And so we experience both things and trying to find uh, the healthy, not even balance, because we almost have to command our bodies to submit to our souls because our bodies want to do the fleshly things. As scripture talks, so much of the, the fleshly things are the sinful things. That's what our, um, our bodies desires, the sinful things, the things that feel good, um, things like gluttony and eating food that we want to eat when we don't want to do it or, or sexual immorality um, because of the euphoric experience or whatever that thing may be. Um, and so we have to really do the work of like, man, who am I created to be um, so that I can do the thing that I'm created to do? Um, and one of those is generic for everyone. And then that is operating in the freedom that you're talking about. Like even when I think of friendships and relationships, like some of the best people to be around are people who are just comfortable and free. Mm-hmm. Um, even today I, I made mention of um like some weird tech stuff that happened with one of my coworkers. Well, I was mentioning it to my coworker. Um, and they're like, did you overanalyze your text way too much? I was like, yeah, I'm sure I do. Um, but even things like that, like just like trying to figure it all out and so that I can be a good friend or did I do something wrong to offend somebody? And just that that level of analyzation or overanalyzation, just letting go of those things. Like if I hurt someone, apologize like um but not trying to freak out or overanalyze and that doesn't mean that i just say something stupid or flippant like i want to care for people well um but just like not reading into things and just letting humans in a sense be humans um and um and and then just like address those things as they come up um i'm kind of kind of going down a side rabbit trail here and so i'm trying to circle back um but uh doing the work to figure out who it is that we are because so much of our subconscious, we just, um, that's why it's our subconscious. We just don't know those things and figuring out, um, maybe some of those places in ourselves that, um, either out of security or a desire to be loved or a desire to control situations, um, that we do so many of these little things, um, in order to try to meet that need. And like you said, God's the only one who can fulfill and, and meet that ultimate need. And so like, we have to be letting God fill us up and then out of the overflow of his love to us, we then are able to love others well. Um, whether again, friends, uh, roommates, kids, spouses. Um, and so trying to, to do that work to figure out exactly why we do some of the things that we do. Um, and then just like correcting some of those things, um, and adjusting them to align them with who God's called us to be, um, in scripture and slash who he's created you to be. Um, and that even comes back to like the comparison thing. And we talked about that multiple times, I know, but like, um, I don't need to change something that isn't a character thing, character thing. We need to align to scripture, but like, I don't need to change a personality thing of mine to become more like somebody else because then I'm essentially acting with a mask on, um, rather than just being who God's created me to be and accepting that and living in the freedom of that. Cause that's way more freeing than trying to be like the person you think is the cool person or, uh, whatever they are, whatever you find, um, appealing in somebody else. And so, um, just trying to live in that freedom. But I think we have to do, do the work of, um, soul excavating to figure out exactly why we do some of the things that we do first. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I was just reading something that was saying something similar. And how did they put it? Because I was like, yes, that's, that is like key. I mean, that's okay. I put it really well, so. <laughs> I was trying to put it into the tangible step. Yeah. Like, okay, for instance, one of the things in Winning the Battle or Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle, like in the very first chapter, he talks about like, we're going to be talking about replacing lies with truth. So at the end of day one, you're supposed to take an inventory of all your thoughts. So like mm-hmm. the next day, whatever you think about, write it down. Like, what was I thinking about today? Was it this? Was it this? By 9 a.m., I had filled up three pages in a journal. And as I'm writing in one of them, Athalia runs into me on purpose. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, oh, right now I'm irritated <laughs> because I got interrupted or I got hurt. Mm. And I didn't realize, like, I respond in irritation when I feel hurt, mm. not just emotionally, like physically. Like, when one of my kids hurts me, I'm like, ow, are you kidding? Like, I just respond really quick with this, like, um, frustration that just, like, bubbles up. Like, where does that come from? Why? And it's not just like, oh, ow, that hurt. Like, why am I visibly and, like, tonally irritated um also because you interrupted me like i was literally in the middle of something that came up a lot as i was looking through these Mm. thoughts like what are the patterns of the things that you're thinking about Mm. what are you focusing on because that might help you intentionally identify some of the things you're believing about um your life whether positive or true or negative or false or like what what beautiful things are happening and what lies do you believe um, some of the patterns I can see, like I was way healthier than I used to be. Like some of these thing- thoughts that were popping up, I was able to just hand over and be like, nope, that thought literally was just like a temptation thought of like, hey, you should compare yourself to that person kind of thing. Like, nope, don't need to. Like God's made me this way. Um, and not in a like, forget it, I'm not changing anything ever, right? But just the, in the accepting of like, no, I'm I'm this tall. This is what my body looks like. This is These are the gift sets I've been given. This is the family I've been given, the city, the town, the job. This is where I'm supposed to be um, for his glory and not my own. Like there's a freedom in that, just like this contentedness and who God is and who he's made me to be. But the other things that were still popping up were like this. I didn't realize how much I was still struggling with control and wanting my life to be easy. Um, like not wanting to have to pick things up again or like organize that thing again or dot, dot, dot. But maybe just like taking an inventory, even if you don't do it all day, but it might just help you recognize like, what are you spending your time thinking about? Yeah, for sure. Um, because if you're just spinning in negative cycles or honestly, constantly thinking about yourself or Mm -hmm. constantly thinking about what other people have that you don't or acting in judgmentalism, because how in the world could you do that? Are you kidding me right now? Like those things highlight things Mm. that we're believing subconsciously yeah um so that that subconscious piece really is hard because we don't always know what we're doing and why we're doing it yeah or like if you know you're trying not to be like your mom or your dad or your grandpa or your grandma or a terrible friend from elementary school why like what what's underneath there like what are you believing that's causing you to focus on that instead of on like the truth of like who god is or if you don't believe in god like the kind of friend you want to be that's a good friend why are we focusing on that that backwards underneath belly side mm. instead of the this is where i want to go yeah like what are you trying to protect or 
why are you trying to protect? Like what fear is still there? Mm. Um, so yeah, those just might be a couple tangible things that help you start to identify what it is you actually believe and then replacing the lies with truth. Like, uh, maybe one of the lies you end up seeing is like, I'll never be good enough. I'll always be rejected. Like what, how can you replace that with truth? Like I am enough. And I believe like we're not because only Jesus is, but one of the most common lies is I'm not enough because I can't be enough. And there's actually like a truth to that one. But the thing is like, I am enough because God has made me enough in who he is um, because I can't be perfect. I can't have it all together. Or they're like, I will always be rejected. Actually, the, the truth is I'm accepted and loved by God. And, and I have people that love and accept me even though I might feel rejected, like that's actually not true. So there's just, there's a replacement factor. Mm-hmm. But then when those things pop up, it's like, nope, replace that with truth. Even if you don't feel like it's true. Mm-hmm. Believing um, is different than feeling. Yep. And you can choose to believe it and to say it and to yep. hear yourself say it. Yep. <coughs> Which I, excuse me, think is really important with like the sub, changing the subconscious mm-hmm. belief that then will help change your actions and the trajectory of Honestly, the direction your life might be heading right now. Yeah. And I think a lot of our subconscious is affected by our conscious, mm-hmm. right? Like, so um, when I think about like, and, and you said this, at least something along these lines um, just a few minutes ago, but um, like if you just fill yourself with like reading the word and you just are continually reading the word and reading about who we're called to be and the love of God and the the actions and the behavior of Jesus, if you just are staying in that, um, then it's going to change the way you subconsciously think and sure, the way that you yeah. react. Um, even, you know, I think this, I think this is a small example of that, of like, um, just in my growing relationship with God of continually growing in my love of him and my understanding of who he is. And obviously we'll never fully understand, but, but my limited understanding, um, as I've grown in that, I told Haley, I can't remember how long ago it was now, but I was like, it was supposed to be the day that, um, I was on the chapter to read in the gospel where Jesus was crucified. And I was like, I can't do that right now. Like I wasn't emotionally prepared to read that. Um, because like, I felt like I had grown in my relationship in a way where it's like, I don't know that I can read about this, this God that I love being crucified right now. Like I have to almost prepare myself for that. Like that's a friend. That's a, that's a loved one. That's a, that's a sacrifice of someone that I know. Right. Like the difference between like, your friends, friends, cousins, grandpa passing away and your parents passing away, right? Like where it's like your friends, friends, cousins, grandpa is like, I'm really sad for them, um, but I don't know them. It doesn't touch me in the same way emotionally. But when it's someone close to you and, and how like my growing in my relationship, the conscious effort that it's taken to be in prayer, to be in the word, to be in conversation, to grow in my, my knowledge and awareness and love of, of God has affected my subconscious so much that when it was time to read the chapter of Jesus dying on the cross in the Bible, it was like, wow, that, that affects me differently. Um, and please hear me this. I don't say that story to make it like me sound like a really cool Christian or anything. Um, but just like the fact of like how I think our conscious conscience, um, affects our subconscious and the way the things that we do, um, 
and how, like Haley said earlier, you know, if you're watching videos full of crap, you're going to start taking those things on, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and just thinking those things or even the way our dreams, right? A lot of times we have dreams based off things that we've seen or thought or experienced, like our subconscious is coming through based off something that's happened. And Mm -hmm. so, um, trying to just focus, um, first on God, Mm -hmm. um, and, and being, as diligent as you can in, in those disciplines, those rhythms, um, whatever that is for you to grow in your relationship. I think reading the word is crucial for everyone. We're called to pray without ceasing. But if there's something like reading other books or journaling or things like that, um, silence, solitude that help you in your connection, like trying to find regular systems and rhythms for that so that it will help your subconscious um, begin to operate out of the things that you're wanting them to. But again, if you're operating out of control, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be that friend. I don't want to. Then your subconscious is going to focus on the don't um, and won't and can'ts and the negative um, rather than trying to become the person God's created you to become. Yeah. And uh, just the the long game, like Craig Rochelle in the Habit podcast I think it was like habits for healthy habits for 2022 or something. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that because I keep saying things he's saying. So I want to give him the like, yeah, um, credit. Credit. And it's only like 18 minutes. So you can go Mm -hmm. listen to it too. Um, but he just puts things so succinctly and yet powerfully for anyone, like whether or not you're a believer that where we are right now is a product of what we started doing, you know, like 10 years ago. And Mm -hmm. what we start doing now is going to be, a part of the product we become in 10 years. Mm-hmm. It will affect what we do today and tomorrow. But if we don't see immediate results, sometimes we're like, oh, forget it. Or it, with good habits, right? Like, oh, what? man, I've been working on that for a week. Why hasn't it changed? Mm-hmm. Stay in the long game. Like it, discipline takes a while. Like it took me years to get to the place where I was disciplined working out to the point I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I always love it and like my muscles were hurt and I'll have to take breaks but it's become such a part of a rhythm and it, the strength I feel when I do it, the like sweat, it's something I enjoy the result of um, in my body, even if it's hard or even if it, it's taken years to get to the point where that's regular. On the flip side of that, he was talking about how if we start doing bad habits mm-hmm. and we don't see the result right away, like yeah. he mentioned, if you eat a box of chocolates... And you don't see anything change on the scale. You might think, even subconsciously, that was no problem. I can do that all the time. If you eat a box of chocolates every day, that's going to turn into a problem. Yeah, It'll turn into a problem, yeah, for your weight because you're going to gain weight. But also mentally, like this um, thing that really isn't healthy, you're going to believe is an okay choice because mm-hmm. one time it wasn't a big deal. So even just looking at that and the things that we're choosing to do today, like I might... Uh, screw up today and, and make this decision. That doesn't mean it's okay for every day. Or, um, so something for me, I might be able to watch a TV show today, but if that, and like that might not affect my heart or my spirit, my, I might be at peace with that. Like, yeah, I can watch an episode of the great British baking show today. But if that becomes the thing I want to do every single day, then it becomes an issue in my life because it becomes an idol and something I want to use to escape from life or, you know, so many other layers of things I've talked about in other podcasts where like the the habits I want to create, I want to give life to mm-hmm. me and to my family and to those around me that like it might feel hard to say no to something my flesh wants to do 
and yes to a new habit. But like, if we continue to do that, like you gotta, you have to replace the old habits with Mm -hmm. new ones. Right. And then continue to do them because then that becomes your norm. Yeah. And then it won't feel weird anymore. Right. Um, so like just the encouragement to like make these hard decisions and keep making the hard decisions, prioritize things that are important, Mm -hmm. like say no to things that are not important. Um, even if the world expects you to do them, like I expect you to say yes to every invitation I give you. If that's not the next best thing, the next most important thing in your life that God has like called you to or led you into, then you're, you're going to start a cycle of like saying yes, just to make people happy. And you'll be saying no to the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so just the encouragement to keep doing the hard thing, whether or not you get pushed back or flack from that. Um, because it will inform the person you, you are going to become. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And just, uh, maybe this isn't really helpful, but the thought that just popped into my mind was, um, just focusing on your character. Like that's who God is continually chasing after in our humanity. Kind of like I said earlier about the, our souls having to command our, our flesh, our, our human desire to become obedient to, to our souls and who we're called to be. Um, where in Ecclesiastes, um, he writes meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, right? Like these things, the chasing after the, the human affirmation or, um, the things that we're wanting in life or the things that we're trying to avoid in life, like they're, they're meaningless. What, what matters is the, the character of our hearts, um, the relationship with God and like our, our relationship and community. And, and so there's an aspect of like, okay, well, I want to be a good friend because I'm called to be in community and I want to love well, right? Like that's a part of it, but I don't want to be a good friend because I'm looking for human affirmation from somebody to say like, wow, you're, you're a good friend because that makes me feel good. And it does like, that's okay that that makes you feel good, right? Like that's not no one's fault, but like, that's not the focus. We, we try to be a good friend because we're trying to help someone else feel seen and loved and cared for. And like, that's the motivation of our hearts in pursuing that, that, that when our, when our desire is to serve and to love well, like our subconscious will do that. Like that's the thing that we'll, we'll focus on and think on and act on. Um, so when it comes to even like parenting, when the motive is to parent well, um, and the goal is to love out of an overflow of, of the love of God, then like that will be reflected in the way that you parent the decision that you made. There's, um, I think it's Thomas Merton. I think that's his name. Um, there's a prayer. One of his prayers, my buddy showed it to me. It's like his favorite prayer from his. And there's a line in there and says, God, I, I think the fact that I want to please you pleases you. Um, and just that idea of when our, our motive, when our heart, when our conscience is, I want to please you. Um, that that becomes our subconscious, that when that's the motive, I, that that's going to come through in the decisions that we make. Um, yeah. Anything else to add? Mm-mm. All right. Well, this one felt a little more scatterbrained. I felt like I had some random thoughts, so I hope they were helpful. It did feel good. scatterbrained. But. Probably because I felt that way too, because it feels like a very big overarching it is. topic, hence why right now I'm thinking maybe we should have just send one at a time, right? <laughs> like subconscious parenting versus subconscious mm. friendships or 
Like, well, it's part of it's we're vague. just so not experts that it feels like tackling each one individually would have been um, pretty intense. So hopefully <laughs> there was something in there <laughs> that was able to uh, speak to you. So um, anyways, it was interesting for me to think through. So that was yeah. good for me to kind of think on that, the, the idea of the subcon- our subconscious actions. So Well, and I think that's hugely the point of our podcast often is that we're just having real conversations. Yeah. So this is how we have conversations. It's true. Shay and I can be all over the place. So yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, please just know that you're loved. Yep. Just where you are, as you are. That it isn't about like changing just to change. Mm-hmm. It's... It's bigger than that, but you're loved just where you are. All right. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for talking to me tonight. This Thursday evening. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, everyone, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.